Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I was uh, happy with that song that we sang. Thank you, Lord. I hope that uh, after we uh, go through um, our message this morning that you will be equally encouraged and thankful to the Lord. Um, it's going to deal a little bit with like what um, Josh talked about, uh, the inward and spiritual blessings that God has given us. Um, and uh, to those of you who might be here, I, I I'm sure that there's maybe none or just a few that don't know Christ, that it would motivate you and uh, encourage you to um, seek the Lord. Um, there's, uh, it's going to be a little bit like, it just came to my mind, it's going to be a little bit like uh, the uh, book uh, Christmas Carol, where it's, uh, it's uh, scariness but blessing too, uh, that incorporated the both. Um, this message may do that for some. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, if you aren't saved, but um, it, it will motivate you, I hope, to uh, seek him. And for us that do know Christ, I hope this message is just such an encouragement of what Christ has done for us. Um, I, I was excited when God uh, gave me this uh, passage, and um, hopefully I can um, um, express that excitement and that encouragement that God gave me through this uh, as he uh, took me through these verses. And I hope I don't like to be um, convicted by myself, so I hope I share the conviction, too, that these verses brought to me. Um, but uh, it's going to be Psalm 85 that we're going to go to, and uh, I'll read that through in a minute, but if you wouldn't mind if I could just start us off in prayer, a brief prayer. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share the word. God, uh, so precious, and I've, I've prayed multiple times, Lord, since Luke asked me to do this class, that you would give me the grace to speak truth and only truth from your word, to just relay what you want to say to this class, Lord. Touch hearts, touch lives, motivate, encourage, exhort, correct, rebuke, counsel, um, bless uh, through this message, Lord, and through this psalm, Psalm 85. And Lord, we love you, we commit this time to you now, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as we were talking about blessings, and, and if anybody has a blessing, I would like to just say a uh, what I'm thankful for, one of the things, um, apart from the spiritual blessings, and that is for my wife. This morning I was reading um, Proverbs 31. And we used to go through the Proverbs for each day of the, and whenever we'd get to Proverbs 31, when our kids were young, I'd say, come on kids, let's read about your mother. And she has so many of that qualities, and, and I... I I'm so grateful for that, um, and especially being my uh, spiritual counselor and a helper and advisor. Um, she's a true help me. We were at, at dinner on Friday night at this little restaurant on the American River, kind of almost like a, just a dive type of restaurant. It wasn't anything fancy, but we were having a wonderful time sitting on the river, and uh, we got to talking about spiritual things. We got to talking about Psalm 85. And it was just one of the richest conversations we've had in a long time. We, we, we talk a lot about the scriptures anymore. We used to talk about what are we going to talk about when the kids are gone. And now we, we have all kinds of things to talk about. And they usually um, end up in uh, spiritual conversations. And we're so grateful for that. So you young people, when you get to be 69 and 68 years old, there still will be things to talk about um, with your spouse. Still will be things. Maybe even richer and even better than just... Milt, you need to spank, you know, one of our kids. You need to spank somebody today. Okay, I'm sorry. I got way off. I went down a rabbit trail. Let's, let's get to the word. I'm going to read it through, and then we'll talk about it. Psalm 85. 
Uh, the little head note says it's to the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us again. Excuse me. Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. And these next couple of verses are the ones I'm really going to try to key in on. Um, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall be, go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. Um, I, I broke this, this psalm up into four sections. And um, it's God our Redeemer, God our Restorer, God our Reconciler, and God, and God it gives us a reminder. And I had another word for one of those sections, but it didn't begin in R, so I had to really work on getting another R word. So I got four R words in there. But I think they fit, at least for the purposes of this message. God our Redeemer, verse 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Um, some of the um, Bible commentaries I, I read on this uh, after doing a, a lot of study on it um, uh, believe that this was, this was talking about the bringing back of God's people from Babylon. And uh, I agree with that. That's, that's, the, that's the basic message here. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 11 and through 2, 1, the, the Babylonian captivity, the, the Jewish people were released to go back to Jerusalem and to go back to Judah. Ezekiel uh, thirty nine twenty five says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. But I think in a broader sense, and this is what I first struck me when I read this or stood out to me, was that God has been favorable to us who are Christians, in calling us out of captivity, in calling us out of the bondage that we were in to sin. I can tell you for sure that it was bondage, even though I thought I was at liberty. I thought I was doing everything. Um, you know, it was just, yeah, this is, this is a good life, and God showed me the bondage of sin. The liberty that God wants to call us to is not a liberty to do what we want, but to do His will, to, to serve Him, to do what's right. And that's the liberty that God gives us. He's been favorable unto us. He's brought, us, he's brought back the captivity of Jacob. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18, it's Jesus quoting from Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to build up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Uh, th that term's prison, it br brings to mind um, a uh, chaplain that my son worked under who uh, was a prison chaplain for many, many years. 
um, he was once preaching and we were there listening to it and he was talking to the, um, the wards, the prisoners, youth prisoners, convicted of very serious crimes, murder, um, um, sexual of offenses, uh, gang-related uh, crimes, violence, violent people. Uh, I, I, I mean violent people, because uh, I've heard their, many of their stories. But he was telling them, you know, you guys tried to live free for all your young years, doing what you want, being where you want, pushing people around, deciding what you wanted to do, and here you are in prison having everything that you do told to you. When to get up, when to eat, when to shower, when to go outside, when to come back in from outside. And then he was making an analogy to a, a young uh, chaplain, and he was saying, and here's this one that gave himself to Christ, came under the bondage, so to speak, in a spiritual sense, um, of the authority and leadership of Jesus Christ, and he's traveled the globe. He's been everywhere. He's preached throughout the world. And he was, this was a real person. This is a, someone that I know. And he just was showing the difference between when we try to go our own way and when God releases us from that captivity of our own way yes. and what God can do through us and for us. And I, I hope that I'm expressing that the, the words of this psalm are such a good, are good news for us today. You know, we talk about the gospel. The gospel is contained in this psalm. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. He, that word forgiven is to lift, to accept, to bear, to forgive, to lift up, to pardon, to spare. That's what he's done for us through his forgiveness that he offers us if we'll only accept that forgiveness. That iniquity is uh, moral evil, it's fault, it's, uh, it's punishment of iniquity. It's translated, it's translated sin. It, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Our iniquities are greater than we can bear. And if they aren't, if it's got to the point where our iniquities, our sin, are so easy and light on our back, then we are not close to the Lord. And, and, and I hope, I hope <laughs> you know, I hope I've offended somebody with saying that because I, the, the many of the great men of God who I've read about, you would think when they've been with the Lord for 20, 30, 40 years that they're greater sinners than when they first came to Christ because they realize the weight of sin, the evil of sin, God's hatred for sin. God hates sin. And he, the Bible says, the Bible says this. He's angry with the wicked every day. You know, sometimes we, we get flippant with God and we say, oh, God's not angry with you. I, I, I think somebody was talking about once a billboard he saw. God's not angry with you. Well, that's, a, that's not what the uh, scriptures say. The scriptures say God is angry with the wicked every day. He loves them, absolutely. Don't let us ever forget that. He loves the sinner. I'm grateful for that because he loved me enough to call me even when I didn't know I was a sinner. But as, and my wife and I were talking about this at dinner the other night, how when we were younger and we just made those sort of stumbling steps of what we thought were, you know, we need to go to church or we need to, you know, maybe there's something to this reading the Bible or just these stumbling, fumbling steps that we made towards the Lord. It wasn't us that was doing that. It was God drawing us putting in our hearts the need for him, the need to know him, the need to love him, the need for his forgiveness and salvation. 
And that's what I think this, this, this um, psalm pictures. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. And that word all, if you look deep into the word, it means all. <laughs> thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. God, again, I can't express, and I'm sorry about this this morning. I guess it's not a cheerful, you know, but God's wrath is upon us if we aren't Christians. And we are going to suffer the wrath of God. And it's not a bad thing to talk to your kids about the wrath of God. I mean, there is a hell that awaits those that don't receive Christ. And that hell is going to be the absence of God. And the absence of God is where, excuse the phrase, all hell will break loose. Every pain that you've ever felt, it will be multiplied. Every despair you've ever felt will be multiplied. Every um, remembrance that you've ever had that has brought, you know, boy, I wish I would have done, that is going to be multiplied there. And there will be no end to it. You know, we live in a world where, you know, we burn ourselves or we get injured or hurt. And we know in the back of our mind that, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now, whatever, it's going to go away. It's going to subside. Well, unless you get to be my age and then <laughs> you wake up in pain and go to bed in pain and then there might be a little bit, there might be a little bit of, um, uh, yeah, totally, uh, a little spare in the middle. But, um, but th- that's the wrath of God. But praise the Lord that we had a Savior that took the full wrath of God for us on the cross. There's no more payment that needs to be done. There's no more um, uh, sacrifice that needs to be made. Christ took the full wrath of God. We're going to read about that a little bit. Verse 4, Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. That word turn us is used time and time again, sometimes expressed various ways, in just Psalm 85 itself. It's turn us. It's... um, Again, it's used turn or turned. Again, it's used um, the word again in verse 6 means to turn back. And when he turns us, that word has the implication that it's not back to where we came from. That's important to remember that in this repentance that God brings us to and this turning that God has for us, it's not so we can turn back and go where we've been. It's so we can turn and follow Christ. And in the past that he stepped, and this psalm makes that clear. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? In other words, is he going to keep that, draw out that anger and just make it last through all generations? To me, to my children, to their children, and generations after them? We can break that through faith in Christ and Christ alone. You can break, you say, well, and I've had, I've had in my family generations of, of alcoholism or, or anger or bitterness or immorality. That can be broken through the power of Christ Amen. and through faith in him. And then and learning to follow him and training up your children and your generations in the way they should go. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Like we were doing this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. And I just pray, one of my prayers is that I and everyone here in the hearing my voice would truly realize what Christ 
has done for us. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Is that clock? That clock. That's fast, so I got more time. So <laughs> I, can, I can holler for a little longer. Um, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. That's, um, I went, I forgot to tell you, the first part was God, our Redeemer, our Savior, the one who loves us so much that he gave up his son for us. The second part, starting at verse 4, is God, our Restorer. He wants to not only save us, but restore us, bring about newness, bring about victory, bring about um, freedom from that captivity that we lived in. And sometimes, uh, for me, being one of them, that captivity um, hung on to me for a long time. It was a slow um, process, but a steady process, and I'm still dealing with that from my gross sins and immorality as a young man. But God has been faithful, and I'm so grateful for that, to bring me out of that captivity and bring victory into my life. And I'm sure in many of you, I'm sure that probably most of the, if not all, the Christians in this room could give that same testimony. Uh, hopefully you didn't take quite as long as I did, though. It went faster. Verse 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. And that folly, one of the, one of the translations, uh, not translation, one of the meanings of that word is silliness. Mm -hmm. And when we look at our sin, I mean, isn't sometimes you think, oh, man, how silly was I? How, how wrong was I? Not to take away from the evilness of it, but just how, uh, in my case, how stupid I was, as well as being evil. God, our reconciler, I will hear. We, I, um, need to read and study and hear and spend time in God's word on a daily basis. I recommend that to all of us. You know, we, it talks about our daily bread. Well, we eat food every day, or most, or, and sometimes I eat a lot of it every day. Um, but we need our spiritual food every day to strengthen our spirits, to strengthen our walk with the Lord, to see what God wants for us, to see what direction he has for us, to see, see the love that he has for us, but also the, 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 um, the anger and the, and the um, uh, disappointment uh, that he has when we sin, when we sin against him. We as Christians, as saved, as children of God, can't do whatever we want. And sometimes we see, well, you know, other Christians are doing it. Why can't I? Well, others may, but we cannot. God has asked us to be something higher, something better, something that will be a more of a witness to the world around us. Instead of, instead of drawing people in, into sin because of our just nonchalant attitudes towards different um, hot-button uh, Christian topics, you know, nowadays, um, the, uh, I was going to mention one of them, but I won't. Um, uh, no, I won't. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. Because, uh, uh, anyway. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our hand. I hope that we all, that I never, and that all of us never lose the fear of the Lord, even though we are saved 
and our heavenly home is assured to us through Christ and faith in him alone, that we never lose the fear of the Lord. I mean, I don't even think it's bad. You, I, I would imagine many might disagree with me. To every once in a while, just think about what hell is going to be like. Because through thinking about that, not that I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I've, I've put my, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, as the psalmist said. So my trust is in Christ and him alone. I remember reading once about um, Spurgeon, that he said, he died for me. And that was kind of his answer to, to, the, to, the, to life, to his Christianity, and to the end of life is he died for me. And I hope that's the answer for all of us. Christ died for us and took that. But there's, I don't think there's anything wrong in realizing that because that gives us a greater picture of not only what Christ did, but how he wants us to keep away from that sin because of what that sin does to us and what it does to the world. Verse 9, Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. And then verse 10. This is, this, these next two verses are the ones that, that really got me excited and, um, and uh, joyful, as excited and as joyful I get in my old and staid and conservative body. Um, verse 10. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. That verse 10, mercy is kindness. The, the, the word is, uh, is from the Hebrew, kindness, by implication towards God, piety. It's, it's translated as favor, good deed, kindly, kindness, merciful, mercy, pity, reproach. It also is it, 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 uh, um, used in the word reproach. Micah, just an aside to, to me, because I need to learn this, and God convicted me. Here's where the conviction, I'm going to share it all with you, is how God wants us to be merciful. That, that's not the point of this verse, but I, I, Micah says that that's one of the things that we're required, but to love mercy, to be kind, to be gentle, to be merciful, to do good deeds to be kindly towards one another, especially those in our family. I was in a, um, I was in a, uh, what I felt was a righteous anger here a couple of three weeks ago. And I was uh, um, expressing that anger verbally. And um, the only person that was home was my daughter. And um, she came into the room and she said, oh, Sarah, Dad, remember what Luke said. And it was because he was teaching on Ecclesiastes, out of Ecclesiastes, and it was something about doing a reset. And um, I thought she was right, it quickly convicted me, and, you know, and I saw my, my right, what I thought was righteous anger, which was not. It was just flat-out anger, um, sinful anger. And... That's why, we, that's why we need the Lord. That's why we need to practice kindness and so, because we greater see our need for that from Christ. That was, that was for free. Um, mercy and truth. 
have met together. They've come in contact with each other, is that what that word means. Whether by accidents or violence, they concur, they meet with. Here's the picture. This is, we have God's truth, God's justice, God's righteousness, which we can never fulfill on our own. We can never meet on our own. It is, it demands payment for our sin and our sin and, and that pay, the wages of sin is death. The soul that sins shall die. It's appointed unto one man once to die and then comes judgment. So this judgment is waiting for us from the moment of, of birth. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. We're, we're, we're conceived and born and live with that black mark on us that says sinner, that says condemned, that says judgment. And so God had to reconcile that. How, you know, he, he didn't say this. I, I'm just kind of putting this into humanly terms. How is that going to be satisfied? I can't let these sinful people into my heaven. And then it was, we have the embodiment of mercy, love, kindness, perfection in Christ. And the two of those came together where? At the cross. That's where our sins and God's justice and judgment and our sinfulness were paid for by a perfect person, Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important that we are resting on and relying on and uh, trusting in only Christ and Christ alone. Never trust in our, in our works. It's not Christ and I do good deeds. It's not Christ and I pay my tithes. I hope pastor doesn't hear that. <laughs> I mean, he knows that, but I mean, I'm not, then I'm talking about ties here. It's not Christ and I pray, Christ and I go to church, Christ and I do all these good things for other people. It is not that. It is Christ and Christ alone. Mercy and God's judgment and justice came together. Instead of coming together like this, they came together like that and paid that final price for us. I mean, that's exciting. I mean, especially for someone like me, a sinner like me. I remember once waking up from a nightmare that the devil was coming at me, or I, mean, I don't know, maybe he even had, you know, was wrestling with me or something like that. And I can remember waking up saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I mean, it was a scary night for me, but I was so grateful that God has placed into my heart that it is Christ and Christ alone. And even in my sleep and nightmare, I was still crying out to Christ. Not that I need to cry out to him again. He saved me many, many years ago and bought and paid for my salvation. And I trust that he's done that for everybody in this room um, that are here with me. And I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that he has. Romans uh, uh, 3, 25 through 26. It's talking about Christ Jesus. We know that from verse 24. It says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. So again, this righteous God that can't allow sinners into his heaven, that he might be just, Christ might be just, God might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So God needs to be true, he needs to be righteous, he needs to not compromise with sin, 
And he did not compromise with sin. He put the full wrath, all that hell, all that punishment, all that pain, all that despair, all that eternity where the, the worm dieth not and the fire goeth not out on Jesus. And he took the full wrath of God for me. And I am so grateful for that. And I know that you are grateful for that also. That's why we think, thank you, Lord. I, I appreciate the blessings he's given me. Um, uh, uh, provisions and miracles in our lives. My wife and I, every once in a while, talk about that over our past. and just, The physical blessings. But I'm even more grateful that if I had nothing, and I hope this is true in my heart, that if God had not done anything for me except save me, that's enough for the rest of my life. Amen. How much time have you got? I won't keep you much longer. Verse uh, 11. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Again, the picture of the cross. Truth, God's truth, God's righteousness, God's justice, meeting together. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. God gave that which is good, that which is perfect, that which is right and holy in Christ. And through faith in Him, He can continue to bless us, provide for us, take care of us, Every good and perfect gift cometh down from above. And the last verse. Righteousness shall go before him. That was God's reminder, verse 12, that he wants to bless us, that he loves us, that he's taken care of every need for us, that no, no need is not met in him and will not be met in him. When we get anxious, when I get anxious, like I so often do, my loving wife will counsel me against it and um, uh, help bring calm and peace to the situation. I need to remember that every need that I have, that every um, anxious thought is met in Christ. Verse 13. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. The righteousness, that's the, that's the moral, natural, or legal right. Equity, prosperity, even the words translated just, righteous. Uh, I like the verse in Jeremiah tw verse 23, uh, excuse me, chapter 23, verse 6, that says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. That's Christ's name the Lord I love the fact that it's our righteousness he didn't just keep his righteousness to himself he's our perfect substitute and those who put their faith and trust in him he imputes to them his righteousness so I can stand before God not because I am righteous but the righteous perfection of God is imputed to us the righteous perfection of Christ is imputed to each one of you that believes in Christ as his Savior and Lord. And it says, and shall set us in the way of his steps. Pray for each of us that we would walk in his steps, follow his lead. Um, 
take direction from his word. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Remember to love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.